The Courage to Lead, episode 244. You're listening to the IB4E Coaching Podcast. Brought to you by IB4E Coaching, business coaching for executives, entrepreneurs, and small business professionals. Learn more at ib4e-coaching.com. Hey, Coach Harlan here. Welcome back to the podcast. Hope you're having a phenomenal week. I'm having a great week, and I'm excited to introduce you to my guest today. Please help me welcome Doug Lessing. Doug Lessing, as a speaker and a longtime partner of multi multiple tech companies over the past 30 years, has made it his life's work to evangelize the importance of using business as a force for good in a fractured world. As a founder of his latest venture, Finn, a philanthropic tech platform and a certified B Corp, he is an advocate for companies being great by doing good. Finn models the B Corp ethos of using business as a force for good while helping companies build great teams and company culture by incorporating positive values and social good into their daily actions. Doug is featured on Worth Magazine's Worthy 100 Entrepreneurs. He currently serves as an advisor to several founders and is on the leadership team of Founders Network, a group of 700 tech founders from around the world. Doug was born and raised along the great South Bay of Long Island, New York, and now resides in Blue Point, known for its oysters and beer. <laughs> Married to his wife, Grace, with three Gen Z daughters, Alexi, Jillian, and Lindsay, Doug has been surrounded, some would say outnumbered, and influenced <laughs> by strong women. This positive influence has encouraged him on his quest to be an exponential force for good and compassion, creating a more equitable, healthy, and peaceful world for future generations. Doug, welcome to the program. Thank you, Coach Harlan. Nice to be here. It's uh, it's really a pleasure to to be here on your podcast today. Oh, it's great to have you. Like I said, I've been looking forward to the conversation. So growing up in New York as a kid, did you know you wanted to be a philanthropist or did you have other plans? No, I don't. wouldn't say I had plans to be a philanthropist. I had plans to be in business. I was uh, even growing up, I had my own my own business when I was about 15 on my bike, cleaning boats and turned that into a real business with a with a whole crew. And and so I just love the game of business from a young age. Um, so philanthropy sort of came later on in life. Later. That's awesome, though. Great story. All right. I want to talk about all that, kind of how you got your start, how you got to where you are now. Um, and we'll talk about Finn, because I, I think it's phenomenal, the work you're doing. Uh, but before we get started, I've got 10 questions that I ask every one of my guests. Um, listeners know these are the questions uh, made famous on the TV show Inside the Actor's Studio, where the host James Lipton asks these very same questions of his guests from Hollywood TV, film, and stage. And I figure if they're good enough for the Hollywood elite, Certainly good enough for my guests. So, Doug, if you're ready, 10 questions for you. Question number one, what is your favorite word? Favorite word, but I hope I don't get these questions wrong. Um, energy. I love energy. I bring a lot of it to everything I do. I'm surrounded by people with positive energy, so I'd have to say energy. Excellent. What is your least favorite word? Can't. I don't know. I just, I just thought of that off the top of my head, I guess, but... I am not a real, you know, believer in can't do this and can't do that. So off the top of my head, I have to say that's my word. I guess that's two, but I'll let, let's call it one. <laughs> yeah, we'll call it one. No, I agree. I, I will. I'm fine with somebody who says I won't. Not with I can't. Anybody can. We can do anything, right? I'm with you. All right. Question three. What turns you on? What turns me on? Um, you know, like I said, with energy, it's like the surrounding myself with with people that have bring energy and positive thinking and 
and have a lot of fun together. Um, that's what gets me going. Um, sometimes the more adrenaline involved in in the activity, the better off it is, or the more adventurous it is, the better off it is. That's what gets me. That's what gets me excited. And that could be in business or in in family or in life. Um, pretty much runs all the way through. Excellent. Very good. All right. What turns you off? What turns me off? Negativity. Um, I think there's far too much of it. Um, even though we face, you know, amazing challenges and immense challenges, uh, you know, I think negativity is 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 that thing that can manifest those bad outcomes um, instead of positivity and manifesting a bright future. Exactly. Very cool. All right. What sound or noise do you love? Sound of the wind. I'm a kiteboarder. I live on the bay. Grew up on the South Shore of Long Island. Tonight's uh, this afternoon is a windy day. Um, so I would say the sound of the wind is really nothing quite like it. It's more impressive when it's really blazing out. Yeah. Nice. All right. What sound or noise do you hate? Um, living in suburbia, I'd have to say leaf blowers. They <laughs> go pretty much 24-7. And nice. I've unfortunately been dialed into them and and it's you know nearly a day doesn't go by when there's not a leaf blower going somewhere within your sight, and they, that sort of noise pollution kills me. Yeah, when we still living in our condo before we became roamers, um, I'd get ready to start the podcast. The minute I turn on the microphone, the leaf blower is right outside the window. <laughs> zoom, 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 zoom. So, it's yeah, amazing. I'm with you. I'm with you. All right. Question seven. What is your favorite curse word? Um. I'm not going to say this is, I'm sure this is a family program, but it begins with an S and ends with a T. It just seems to cover a lot of territory without really getting over the top. So let's just, let's just say it that way. <laughs> All right. Very good. All right. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Mm, that's an interesting one. I would have to say... I've always been really interested in flying. Hmm. Now, I wouldn't say necessarily want to do that forever as a profession, but there's something about flying that I think would be pretty fascinating. So I guess if it's with the Thunderbirds, why not? May as well uh, go all the way to the top, right? There you go. Awesome. <laughs> That'd be great. All right. What profession would you not like to do? Um, I am not a nighttime person. I come from a long restaurant family, long, long time restaurant family. Hmm. I shut down nine o'clock. I don't want to be a manager of a restaurant or a bartender or, or a night watchman or anything that requires me to be awake after nine. Um, that would include being a Navy SEAL or probably in the military. Um, I just don't function after nine o'clock. So um, wake me up at 530 and I'm all good to go. <laughs> there you go. Perfect. All right. Final question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? <laughs> you did good, kid. <laughs> I guess that's what I would like him to say. You know, we lived well when we we left the place a little bit better than when we started and and had a positive effect on people to do the same. So I guess you did good, kid, would be a, a nice thing to hear. Absolutely. And you have done good. And we're going to talk all about that, the, the stuff you have going on with Finn, how that started, um, some of the work you're doing with that. Um, but we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we'll talk about all that and uh, at some point transition into courage and leadership. Okay. Sounds great. So, all right, listeners, we'll be talking about all that and more right after this, so stick with us. Hey, Coach Arlen here. Hope you enjoyed this episode. If you do, make sure you share it with your family, friends, colleagues. Uh, like it, leave a review, and 
definitely subscribe. When you subscribe, that helps boost the podcast to where it's uh, seen and heard in a lot of different areas. So make sure you hit that uh, subscribe button and subscribe. And uh, again, thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoy the episode. And I'm back with my guest, Doug Lessing. Doug, thanks again for taking time out of your your schedule to talk with us. Um, so yeah, it sounds like you've been an entrepreneur for quite a while, right? Tell me about uh, the early life. You said you had the first job that you started cleaning boats. Yeah, so I, I was uh, working in a boatyard um, when I was 13 or 14 and decided I wanted to do it on my own and and found a great, a great space in the market to be working on boats independently uh, on my own and built that into a company um, with a crew of, of, of uh, teenagers that were almost like a landscaping business. We were going around to boats every single week and cleaning them. And that's how I got my start um, and never really looked back from uh, the fun of building a business and the game of business that I love so much. Nice. And did you have other entrepreneurial efforts? Yeah, I mean, other so through, yeah. through college, um, I ran that business and then, then worked for a big consulting company for a short while. But got the call to join um, my sister Susie and uh, our partner Fran Tulin to join a new startup company. Um, it's going back now to 1990, but um, spent basically 30 years building that company with a with a really amazing team at uh, at Firebrand, and uh, and that was very entrepreneurial from the whole from from the get go. I left a you know a great job at a big consulting company and decided that I wanted to have the the fun and excitement of a of a new company and and um with even within that that company we got to build new businesses you know pretty consistently throughout and save the business a few times as well so um so i've always had that that uh entrepreneurial streak and i've always loved it excellent and so it sounds like you come from an entrepreneurial family right well we do actually we're uh, our family has a long history uh, as entrepreneurs and um, in fact, uh, one of the longest restaurant, you know, privately held uh, restaurant companies in the United States, um, going back all the way to 1890, um, and uh, and con- continuing on with new generations today. So, being an entrepreneur is in our spirit; it's in our blood. I remember being at our family table with my dad, who was the CFO of the business, pulling his hair out in January, um, trying to make payroll. So, yeah. um, you know that that ups and downs and stress and excitement of business has always been a part of our family. Very nice. Very cool. And so we kind of introduced Finn during the, your introduction and stuff. Tell me more about Finn. Where did you come up with the idea for that and, and how did it get started? Yeah. So uh, as, as um, my time at Firebrand was coming to a close um, and we ended up selling that business, um, the three partners that owned it, um, you know, I began to think about what does the next phase of my life look like? And as you mentioned in the intro, I have three Gen Z daughters, and quite frankly, I was inspired by them um, and for them to to take everything that I had learned to create um, a new company that um, had a positive effect. And what I realized was that you know doing good um, as a business, as a company, actually can help you be a great company. There are a lot of um, studies and a lot of anecdotes um, of the kinds of companies that have been intentionally good from the beginning. It's part of their ethos and the fabric of who they are, and they're the best companies we, you know, that we can hold ourselves up to. So I really began to think like, well, what can I do to help 
um, create, you know, the kind of business that other companies can learn from. And so we created Finn um, as a way for companies to engage employees um, and customers in, in philanthropy and doing good. So we focus on having a uh, running campaigns where companies fund donations, but instead of having the C-suite decide where that money goes, they democratize that and they invite in their employees and customers in fun and really interactive ways to decide you know, where those donations should go, which charities to support. Um, and there's a lot of there's a lot of benefits to that um, that model, and that's how we started it um, from the very beginning. Nice, yeah. The one thing about entrepreneurial efforts, you know, you want to be successful in business, but what does that look like? It's not just the money you can make for yourself, but it's the impact you can make on the people that work for you, your customers you serve, and the community as a whole. And I don't think a lot of companies often look at that, anything outside of the four walls of their business, right? They want to be profitable. They want everybody to be happy. But what else can you do to, to help the community? And that's what I liked about Finn is you're giving them the opportunity to do something good on the outside that does engage all those people too. And I really thought that was that was unique. So how exactly does it work? You go into the business and you you kind of lay this out for them and stuff. How does it work? Yeah, so when, we, when we're talking with um, with companies where we're focusing on, on, on employees, like retention, like how to build a great culture. Um, how do you communicate to um, your diverse uh, workforce and distributed workforce, uh, you know, who you are and what your values are? So we work with them to create campaigns on our platform um, to, to highlight certain charities that resonate with their brand, to invite people in to uh, to decide which of those charities that they want to donate their credits to. Um, and so we build programs around that. So for example, let's say it's your it's your first time at a new company and the first email um, in your inbox isn't some administrative thing, but instead is welcome to our company. This is what we're about. Every you know every day we're offering you the chance to donate um, to to these organizations. We pay the donation, you choose the cause. So that's a very different approach to um, opening that door for that new employee. And that runs throughout the year, Giving Tuesday campaigns, Earth Day campaigns, um, Pride Month, Juneteenth. We run campaigns throughout the year where we can deliver a message for that company to their constituents, either employees or customers. Um, it's all premise on a prepaid company-funded donation credit. Um, nice. But really, the reason we're doing it is to promote values and good culture, and 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 ultimately to to do real good, real good in the world. Um, and we firmly believe that the more companies, the more more employees that uh, you keep in your team, the better off you're going to be. The more profitable you're going to be. The more customers know about who you are, the better off you're going to be. The more profitable you're going to be. So ours is a mechanism to do all the good things in a really exponential way. Nice. Very nice. Yeah, I've worked for companies that they have their core values written up on the wall, but that's about as far as it goes. You know, they don't really follow. You don't really see those in action. Um, and I know a lot of people point to, you know, the Gen X, Gen Z, uh, millennials. They want so much more out of business. Well, I think we all want that. We want to know that we're doing something more than just working, right? That we're, we're having an impact somewhere, that we're doing something bigger than ourselves and helping with that. So I, I think that that leads to this. And you talked about you help companies with their uh, building a, a positive culture. How could this not 
build a positive culture. When you join a business knowing that they give so much, you know, back to the world, I think that's awesome. Yeah. And it's, it's a way of, um, it's a way of conveying a message that um, is very real and tactile. It's, it's a way of not just saying these are our values and saying, these are some really great organizations. We've, you know, we've curated this slate of a dozen charities, um, but we need your help in deciding where it should go. And we're doing this because we're celebrating our, our, our value of, of, of living with integrity. And this is what that means to us and our behavior. So there's, there's, there's a lot of ways to infuse those values into the messaging without having to be like, you know, like upfront in your face all the time, but it becomes sort of a natural part of, of communications and, and engagement within a company and, and with, with customers as well. How do you find these charities or do they find you? Do you take recommendations? How does that work? We actually, we go out and we search for these. Um, we specifically search for specific uh, charities within a, within a category. Mm-hmm. And, and we deep dive into those charities to see how well they're run. You know, what is, you know, what are the operational costs? Um, which is not just a black and white answer, like operational you know, investment can be positive. Mm-hmm. Uh, we look at their tax returns. We see what their programs are. Um, so, you know, we work hard at that to really nice. curate a great list. And then we watch nice. them. Yeah. So even better. <laughs> and make, yeah, make sure they're doing what they say they're doing. That's perfect. Yeah. Um. So, but if people have like an idea of a charity or something like that, can they recommend those? Can they send those to you for you guys to look into? Yeah, we're pretty, yes, absolutely. I mean, we, we typically work with clients when they are already supporting an organization, um, but we uh, we will take recommendations, uh, but we are very, uh, very cautious about adding mm-hmm. too many because we sure. want to send big checks to a small number of organizations. Right. So we try to keep the number around 30 um, and that, we, that we've curated and, and recommend. And then we have a longer list of vetted charities that we'll pull from when we need a specific um, a specific right. charity in a category or in a region or location. Excellent. And are the business owners and the C-suite, are they open to this? Do they seem pretty open to this? I would say most of our success is where it starts at the top. You know, when it starts at the CEO or the C-suite level, um, you know, there are certain, there are certain, uh, there are certain leaders that see it instantly. They, they understand what we're, they're trying to do. I think what we've found in our research is that, um, a lot of a lot of the uh, the executives believe that their their team and even their their customers know what they care about and what what the company stands for. Um, but if if you survey the difference between what the leadership believes and what the you know the employees or even customers believe, it's it's a fraction of of uh, the truth. You know, so um, I think I think leaders understand that now that. You know they can never um, really let up on constantly building that culture, or it'll be built for you, or your values will be built for you, and it may not be what what you want or expect. Exactly. Um, do the do the businesses choose the different charities, or do you help them identify what is most important to them, and then help them select those charities? It's a little of both. I mean, when you take certain businesses, you know, certainly there are. There are charities and causes that resonate with that kind of a business. If it's a tech company, you want to be helping build a really diverse and inclusive tech workforce. So there's a lot of organizations that do that. Um, if you're in the 
you know, the hospitality business, you want to be thinking about how do you help people that, um, you know, that uh, can't get a, a regular meal every day, get that regular meal. So there's obvious sort of tie-ins. Um, so we'll work with the company. Um, it's very much a concierge service where we'll help curate um, uh, a set of causes for, um, you know, for their campaigns. And, and it's usually a combination of, well, we're already supporting these. We like this theme. Uh, and then we said we can supplement it with these others and we kind of create a whole package, you know, based on what we're trying to accomplish together. Nice. And then you guys handle all the, the technical side of it, right? We do. We sort of marry, like we, I, I came from a tech company. I grew up in tech. So we marry this, uh, this really cool platform, but we're not really selling the platform. What we're really selling is, you know, the service and the program around it, like what we're really trying to accomplish in the business. And the tech platform supports all that. So um, it is a platform and it's got lots of controls and charts and data and, and ways of building um, different initiatives and campaigns. But at the end of the day, it's, it's how we deploy it um, yeah. to meet the business goals that we're trying to meet and to really prove that, um, yes, you can actually be a better company, a more profitable company by doing good. So that's what we work on every day. Nice. And I like the idea of getting the employees involved, you know, because that's, that's how you build your culture. The, the employees feel like they have a say in what's going on in the business, right? So love that. Yeah, and I, I think I think too, Harlan, that there's, you know, obviously through the pandemic, we've had a lot more remote uh, work and distributed workforce. Um, people are more disconnected. So there's a lot of opportunity to open those doors again in ways that are not related to a task, a project, a status report, a timesheet, um, those sort of things that often connect people in business, but mm -hmm. in ways that... Um, connect them at more an emotional and emotional level. Nice. And the charities are across, I mean, across every group or, or whatever, right? I mean, you've got um, Correct, animal yeah. charities, you've got, um, what else? What, what other charities do you have involved in that? Yeah, I mean, so we, you know, we sort of categorize by the United Nations um, Sustainable Development Goals. There's 17 okay. different categories. Nice. Um, they work for, you know, sort of a macro level categorization. But yeah, we support everything from racial healing to to uh, life on land and, and life underwater and, and taking care of, you know, your community. And, um, and uh, so we kind of run through all those different categories. There's amazing, there's amazing organizations out there doing really creative and innovative work. Um, nice. And so we'll tie those together depending on what we're trying to accomplish. Excellent. And how long have you guys been in operation? So we started, uh, we opened the doors, uh, April 1st, 2019. So just about four years. Right. So it feels like we've been around forever, yet we're still we're still young. So still growing. Still yeah. young and very much building um and finding our place in the world. Excellent. And do you know how much money has been contributed to these? I know exactly how much money has been contributed. How much money have you contributed? Um we will be contributed. Contributed and pledged for the next month $1.25 million um through our platform and donations. Wow. So hitting that $1 million mark, which we're just hitting now, um, is a huge milestone for us because, you know, those curves take a long time to come off the flat side of it and start heading up. And um, last year we, you know, two years ago, we donated $50,000. Last year, we donated $500,000. This year will wow. be far more. But in total, we've just passed the, uh, the million dollar mark. Very so we're nice. very excited about that and ready to celebrate. Absolutely. Very cool. And do you reach out to companies or do they find you? How does that normally work? 
Well, I think it's both. I mean, it's sales and marketing, right? So we are, um, you know, we're building relationships. Um, I come from a relationship style business, so that's natural for me. Um, but we are building those relationships and we're seeking out companies, trying to find the right the right companies in the right stage and the right verticals to, um, you know, to, to reach out to. Um, in fact, we're now in the Growth X uh, Revenue Accelerator and working on that very um, that very uh, problem right now is where do we go and who do we talk to and how do we uh, how do we grow? And nice. so we are working on that every single day. Nice, very cool. That is good stuff. All right. So on the on the podcast, we talk about courage, right? Where do you find the courage to leave the the safety zone, the comfort zone of the nine to five job to start your own success? Where do you find the courage to overcome the setbacks like divorce and bankruptcy and failures and um, and we also talk about different types of courage that people find, right? And that we as leaders need to find to tap into to be better leaders. Where did you find your courage? Where did you find the courage to step out and decide to create your own your own business? Where did that come from? Well, I I, I have to say that you know after being in the same company for thirty years, I had two very supportive partners, um, Fran Tulin, who founded the uh, our last company, and my sister Susie Burke, who was also a partner. Um, they couldn't have been more supportive, but quite frankly, at the end of 30 years, having been in just about every role and building that company, you know, it got pretty, uh, it got pretty stale. It was like steering a ship. You know, you really couldn't turn the wheel too hard. It was, it was doing well and kind of on its path. And um, it took quite a bit of work to, to create that courage and kind of happened in steps. Um, it started with a very deliberate um, research sabbatical where I was still working, but kind of I'm um, segueing out of my operational um, responsibilities um, and kind of going back to my roots as a developer and and uh, working in blockchain and AI and thinking about, you know, what the next business might look like. Um, and over the course of six or eight months, it became apparent that there's a new business for us to to undertake as partners. Um, and so Fran and Susie are partners in this new business as well. Uh, and that has been, you know, that has been uh, a way of developing courage over time and steps that I think has been really important, especially after 30 years in one company with with a team that you really care about and, and doing good work. Um, it took some time to develop that courage. Uh, now that I've done it, I find that I thrive in, uh, in an environment of uncertainty. Um, yeah. I had better because there's a lot of uncertainty. Um, but I also it also sort of ties it with my personal life and some of the the adrenaline laden sports that I enjoy uh, doing on my uh, in my spare time. So, nice. but it it took a little while as a process to develop that courage. I think is the way I would look back at it now. Nice. And then um, different types of courage. We talk about intellectual courage which is a courage to set aside your long-held beliefs or the knowledge you have to make room for new knowledge, which can be scary for some leaders, right? They think they need to be the smartest person in the room. It's a, it's a little scary to set aside that, right? And look to your um, underlings, your, your subordinates, and ask them for their input. Um, emotional courage, being able to set aside your emotions and make room for somebody else's emotions. Um, social courage, saying what needs to be said, when it needs to be said, even if it's unpopular. Is there a type of courage that you had to find to, to kind of open these doors and, and get things moving? Is there a type of courage you had to tap into? Well, I think I think the ability to 
um, listen and learn um, is something that was probably fairly natural to me. So in terms of as, you know, as we're building the business, you know, being able to not hold on too tight, um, listen to advisors, listen to, you know, our team, listen to our customers, um, that, that came pretty naturally. I think there's a certain amount of courage when you're, when you're financially invested in a company that's required. Um, and it's a certain amount of courage and belief that, um, that you're gaining in all sorts of ways that may not show up on the balance sheet, at least not yet. Uh, and that, and I think that's a departure for, that would be a departure for a lot of people in terms of developing that courage. Um, there's courage to stand up on a stage in front of 500 people that's needed. Um, and that's, that's uh, I think for most people is, is a learned skill, not necessarily mm -hmm. one they're born with. I'm sure there are those that are born with it, but um, there's, uh, there's a certain amount of courage to go seeking those opportunities and then to execute on those uh, in those moments. Um, and that's something that I've always worked on. Um, doesn't come naturally to, to jump in front of a large group of people and talk, but I've done a lot of it. Um, and every time I got to steal myself and get ready to go. So get in, get in the, get in the mode. Um, so yeah. I think there are, like you say, a lot of different kinds of courage that are required, especially as we're leading a company, um, you know, in, uh, in building, you know, from zero, there's a, there's all sorts of ways that that manifests itself. So I like your thoughts around yeah. not just one kind of courage. Exactly. No, there's a lot of them. Um, but like you said, there, there was really no model of Finn that you could say, let's do what they're doing, right? This was all from scratch. Yeah, it was from scratch and intentionally let's not do what they're doing. You know, I was intentionally trying to find a lane um, that allowed a large number of companies um, to, to be able to do good, but prove to them that it's good for business. And, and we felt that that would be the flywheel that would get things going. So, mm -hmm. So yeah, we started from absolute zero, um, and and looking back, you know, we really did start from zero, and we're trying to carve out these lanes between some existing types of uh, solutions and businesses and companies that are out there, um, and uh, we have a lane. There is a lane here for, you know, the right amount of help at the right amount of time at the right time for for companies to do good, not too much, not too little. So that's uh, that's the lane that we're carving out. Nice. Yeah. And I think now with a lot of, I mean, after the pandemic, people are starting to go back to work and everything like that. I think companies are trying to figure out how do we re-engage our employees, you know, because from a distance, it's it's not as easy to build some of those relationships. You know, I mean, Zoom has been great, but it's not the same <laughs> as being in an office with people. I think this is a great way to get everybody back together and, and share something, you know, that's really where you build a community. Yeah. And I think there's, I think there's a couple of factors at play there. Like it's, there are there are a lot of employees that have never met another teammate in person. There's a lot of employees that never met their boss that hired them. Um, and and so there is a place for these type of activities that have become much more important. Um, and also there's been obviously a lot of moving around called the great resignation, um, but there's been a lot of shifting in in positions and people and where they're going and where they're living and who they're working for. And so that just creates that much more churn and difficulty in connecting um and so solutions like this that what we've that we that we're building you know are trying to fill some of those needs it's not everything um but it's a it's a it's a tool to help create those connections that would otherwise 
you know, not be, not be, not be created. Absolutely. Very cool. So how many people do you have working for, you know, at Finn? Depends on how you count them. Um, we have about six or seven people um, on the team. Um, several of those are part-time. So it's, you know, it's about three to five people full-time. Um, I have this vision in mind of a 15 person team um, as sort of our first phase, you know, it's kind of a nice size team. We're really running. We've got, you have got people in just about every position instead of a lot of people wearing a lot of different hats. Right. Um, and we'll use that as a launch pad to grow um, from there. But uh, so we're very much in a nascent stage, a very fun stage because we're all doing lots of different things, which is, sure. you know, which is the, a lot of fun for me is, is building a business like oh, this. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and then you've had employees in your previous uh, businesses and things like that, right? For sure. Yeah. Um, if I was to bump into any of those folks on the road and ask them what type of leader you are, what do you think they'd tell me? What kind of leader are you? Um, bit of a tough question to answer, I guess. Uh, I, I would hope they would see, well, that one word that I mentioned earlier on, you know, energy. Um, I hope they would see that that positive energy. Um, I would hope they would see a leader with empathy. Um, and, and I guess those are the two things that I that I believe define me and how I how I work with people, whether I'm a leader or a teammate. Um, but to bring that that positive energy um, and empathy to to uh, you know to the workplace. And is that. Do you look for similar things in leaders? I think so. I mean, it, if we're talking just about leaders or we're talking about, um, you know, teammates on a team, I think it it does take a, a mix of people. Um, you know, I think you would look for those those values for sure. Um, I You know, bringing negativity into a space is, is unhelpful. It's unhealthy. Um, bringing positive criticism could be extremely helpful. And so I think there's a there's a right mix when the underlying values are the same. Um, you know, I think there's a right mix of some of those different personality types um, that I would look for as a, and then I do look for as we're we're building the team. Um, but that that caring, uh, you know, at the base of the team is that caring that uh, that we should all bring to the work that we're doing, the mission oriented work that we're doing. Yeah. Absolutely. I had a guy on the podcast uh, last year and he wrote a book called Love as a Business Strategy mm -hmm. because he said, you know, he was one of those managers taught how to be a manager and, and leader where he would scream at people and blame them and berate them to try to get them to work harder and everything like that. And it tore his business apart. And he said, once he changed his mindset and turned around saying, I'm here to help serve you and serve our customers and, and things like that, his whole business exploded. It was just that, that change in mindset. So you're right. The negativity has no place in business. If you can keep that out. No, and I think there are some businesses where that's that's deployed um, tactically. And um, I just don't see how it works. Certainly not in a business like ours. You know, we're a B Corp. We're a public benefit corporation. You know, we are out there trying to do good in the world. Um, the people that we interact with are generally those kinds of people as well. Um, so in our business, there's no place for you know, for those sorts of tactics and mindset. Um, it just would simply be an instant fail. Absolutely. So what's next? What's on the horizon for you guys? Well, for us, it's, um, I mean, for Finn, we we just want to grow. Um, we've, we've 
got this really strong foundation. You know, as I said, we're just passing the million dollar mark um, in donations, company funded donations, mm -hmm. um, to be very clear. Um, you know, this is not funded by employees or customers. This is right. company funded. And, you know, we want that to be 100 million. I mean, so that's sort of my, that's my overarching goal. And then nice. I could say a billion, but for me, 100 million, like, gets me there. Um, and I know that the engine's running at that point, like, the sky's the limit once we can be generating that, that sort of impact. Um, don't know how long it's going to take, but we're going to keep pushing until we get there. I didn't know how long it's going to take to get to a million. Yeah. Probably would have predicted a little bit earlier, but you know we're we're here and going. So nice. for us, it's um, it's now execute on scale and growth. Um, we have the foundation of great, great um, group of clients. Um, we've got a an amazing community and supporters. Um, our friends of Finn, uh, you know, people really care about this business. So for us, it's now make the most of everything we've built as a strong foundation. And keep building with the fundamentals in mind, but but grow, and that's what the growth X um, accelerator that we're in now is is that uh, intended to uh, to achieve um, mm -hmm. and to set us on that path. Very cool. A lot of speaking engagements in front of businesses. Are you doing a TEDx or anything? Haven't done a TEDx yet. Um, that would be uh, that would be something that'd be fun to do. I think there's I think there's more to the story that could be told in in a few mm -hmm. years um than what i could what i could tell right now in a in a broader audience yeah. um versus a you know a conference that is built around sustainability or engagement like i think there's more that i can say there um but i think it'd be really powerful um as you've probably seen in in those larger uh larger venues when your mission has been you know your mission is is now exponentially bigger exponentially more effective um, and probably more insightful. Well, I think we can bring a lot more insights um, as we grow. Nice. Very cool. Good stuff. All right. So if people want to learn more about Finn and how to maybe bring that into their, their company, how can they do that? What's your website? Yeah. So the website is um, finforgood.com. So to be totally clear, Finn is P-H-I-N, which, you know, is kind of a play on the word philanthropy, but we just liked it. It's four yeah. letters and it's fun. So it's Finn, P-H-I-N-F-O-R-G-O-O-D. So finforgood.com. Everything is there. And Harlan, I'll share a link with you that you can share with your whole audience. Mm -hmm. um, and we'll offer a $5 donation for anybody that wants to click the link, um, see the platform and donate to a cause with, you know, the funds that we've provided um, to do that. Excellent. So we'll, that we'll awesome. share that link with you. Yeah. Thank you so much. That's great. Very cool. Finn for good. And then are you active on LinkedIn also? Yep. LinkedIn, Doug Lessing. Um, okay. and that's, that's the primary social platform that I'm on and participating in. Okay. Very cool. All right. I will make sure that those links are in the show notes so people know how to do that. And, uh, thank you again for the the link for our listeners and hopefully they'll take advantage of that and donate to some <laughs> of these charities. Amazing the list of charities you guys have out there. Um, very cool. Good stuff. Yeah. That, that link will be, um, fin.us, so P-H-I-N.us okay. slash Harlan, H-A-R-L-A-N. Perfect. In that US. Excellent. Thank you so much. That'll be awesome. Very good. Yeah, let's do well, some good together. Right? That's what we're all about. Absolutely. No, absolutely. Any chance we get, right? Very cool. Sure. Very cool. All right. Thanks again for your time. Thanks for coming and talking about this and stuff. And good luck with Finn. Um, 
Yeah, this has been great. Listeners, hope you guys are taking a lot of notes. Definitely check out the website, finforgood.com. Use the link provided in the show notes uh, to make a donation to one of these charities. And anybody you know that's in the C-suite at their company, make sure they know about Finn. Absolutely share with them. Share this episode with your family, friends, colleagues, and the C-suite, because they need to know about it too. Uh, subscribe so you know when new episodes are being dropped. And stick around, because there's always more coming. That's it for me, Coach Harlan Singh. So long for now.